It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. All right, guys, you welcome to another crossover episode. I am the host of Locked on Falcons today, joined by the host of Locked on Redskins, Chris Russell. We are going to be previewing this upcoming week eight or I'm sorry, week nine matchup between the Falcons and Redskins. So, guys, I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years at Falcfans.com on Twitter at Falcfans and, of course, the host of This illustrious Locked on Falcons podcast. Today is another crossover episode brought to you by my bookie. And I am joined by Chris Russell, who hosts Locked on Redskins. Welcome to the show, Chris. And thanks for having me, man. What's going on? I hope you're doing well and getting ready for this game. uh, It's kind of been a a, a strange season so far in some ways uh, for the Falcons, as it has been for the Redskins. But this should be fun, right? Good defense versus... A really good offense and uh, maybe a bad offense for the Redskins versus a equally bad, mostly because of injury, defense for the Falcons. Uh, so we shall see what happens on Sunday at FedEx Field. Yes, I think, you know, you, you summarized it perfectly. It's strength on strength and weakness on weakness. So whoever's strength comes out on top in that matchup with the Falcons offense versus the Redskins defense uh, probably will wind up winning this game. And, you know, whoever's I guess there's a possibility that one team's weakness will suddenly look like a strength, given that they're facing the other team's weakness. But uh, this will be a certainly interesting matchup, particularly the Falcons are coming off a of bye week. Uh, they've been struggling a little bit uh, on the road so far this season with losses to Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, where the offense did struggle in both of those games. Um, and so if that trend continues, then that certainly is something that points in the favor of the Redskins. And it seems like the Redskins are hoping that they might get a quick little boost uh, on defense to sort of go against this Falcons passing attack because today the, the news broke that they traded for uh, Packers free safety. Ha ha Clinton Dix. What are your thoughts on that trade? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting deal. I mean, I'll go through it quickly on my end. Uh, I think most of us had focused on the Redskins needing a corner more than a safety, but this makes sense for a couple of reasons. One, it bolsters a little bit of a strength with DJ playing as well as he has, and now it gives them, if you believe in pro football focus uh, and their grading system, which I do, I'm not they're perfect. I'm not saying they're accurate. It gives the Washington Redskins the two highest graded safeties in the NFL this year in terms of 2018 rankings, again, via pro football focus. So you have that. You have seven combined interceptions, Aaron, between the two, meaning Swearinger and HaHa Clinton Dix. Clinton Dix intercepted Alex Smith of the Washington Redskins. It really was a miscommunication between him and Jordan Reed, the Redskins' good tight end, in week three here at FedEx Field. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting thing uh, there to kind of note. Uh, and certainly what it does is it bolsters the weakness of Redskins defense. They've been so good stopping the run. They've been so good in the front seven. Pretty good tackling. Uh, they have struggled to defend the pass. And again, Swearinger with four interceptions. Clinton Dix, not saying he's lights out in coverage, but he's a physical guy. It seems like he rotates over very well and gets back into plays that weren't necessarily targeted at him. So he has good recovery speed, good hands, obviously, with the three interceptions and a forced fumble. He can get after the quarterback a little bit, maybe on a delayed blitz, a safety blitz. So I think this is a good addition, a really good addition for the Redskins. How quickly he'll be able to be really good, uh, you know, just kind of depends on terminology and whatever. But I'll tell you this, DJ Swearinger is going to help him out because that guy knows everything about this scheme. uh, And he's good communicating so Clinton Dix is not going to have to worry so much about having to completely digest a new defense with only three days of practice yeah I think this is going to be interesting to sort of see what dividends it pays immediately particularly with this Falcons matchup just because where you think the Falcons strength lies and where the Redskins weakness lies if there is a weakness on this defense it is at that cornerback position where the Falcons have obviously Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, and the Redskins have Josh Norman, who's had a history of success against Julio Jones, but the other cornerbacks may not necessarily be uh, quite up to par, at least from my perspective, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Chris, but with Fabian Moreau in the slot and going up against a physical guy like Sanu, you've had an injury to Quentin Dunbar, and, and Greg Stroman, a rookie, has sort of filled in his spot, and I think that's really been an area where the Falcons have really had a lot of success this year attacking teams with sort of whoever's covering Calvin Ridley and trying to get that matchup one-on-one, and he's really done an excellent job winning on one-on-ones, winning in the red zone, winning on third downs a lot this year, and that's a matchup that the Falcons could potentially exploit because Ridley's been playing so far this season, even though he also is a rookie like Stroman, has been playing, looking a lot like a, a, a longtime veteran with sort of his success. So I, I think Clinton Dix will certainly help the Redskins, but I think mm-hmm. given this specific matchup, you kind of, if you're a Redskins fan, you might have wished that they may have gotten a, 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 another corner out there that can maybe help them a little bit on the Sunday. Right. And Dunbar, you know, Aaron is coming back after missing the last two games. We think he's going to play. He's been, dealt with a sh- there was some nerve issues. There was a hamstring that was leading to the nerve pain and the shin. And uh, I, I guess the leg bones connected to the, well, you, <laughs> uh, you know, thing. So we think he's coming back. Now, he has 
you know, he's a former college wide receiver at the University of Florida. They converted him to a corner four years ago or three and a half years ago, and he's done very well, and he's got some length to him and uh, all that. That's certainly going to help. Redskins, as you mentioned, when you have to deal with Julio Jones, when you have to deal with Mohamed Sanu, oh, and by the way, you have to deal with Calvin Ridley, and you got some tight ends that can hurt you. Um, that's that's a lot to deal with. You mentioned Moreau; he's really in his first year of starting at corner. I think he's done a pretty nice job inside the slot. That's not to say he can't get beat, but again, a guy with some length. The guy that, or in the matchup, that's really going to be, you know, kind of interesting thing is, like you said, if Strollman has to play uh, instead of Dunbar or in a dime package where they go four corners and two safeties, you know, that's going to be an area. Certainly, I think that the Atlanta Falcons can pick on as other teams have the Giants and the Dallas uh, Cowboys the last two weeks with, again, Dunbar out. Um, also, it'll be really interesting to see how Josh Norman fares, because Josh Norman was switched to Odell Beckham late in the second quarter last week and kind of blanketed him. And that's not the Josh Norman that we've always seen here. He's kind of I mean, he's been good, but I wouldn't say by any means he's been great or anything all pro since he's come here two and a half years ago. And as a matter of fact, there's many in the Redskins organization uh, that are ready to move on for him. So seeing him, especially in the red zone against Julio Jones, and I know that's a point of contention uh, uh, for a lot of Atlanta Falcons, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's a fascinating, fascinating matchup. Um, between the defensive backs and again adding Clinton Dix to the mix against these Falcons receivers, and will you, you know, will Matt Ryan have time to throw? The Redskins got home seven times against a really bad offensive line, who you guys saw last time out in the New York Giants. Yeah, uh, we have a lot more to discuss about that in a moment in these sort of matchups with this Redskins defense against this Falcons offense as well as other matchups in this game. But I do want to let you guys know that Locked On Podcast Network is also locked on the NBA. You can find a Locked On show uh, representing all 30 NBA teams uh, wherever you get your Locked On Podcast, your NBA team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First, let me tell you about my bookie. Yeah, that's right. I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I'm always telling you guys to bet with my bookie. So you go to my bookie right now, and you win, and they will pay. That's right. That's how it should work. That's how it does work. In-game live betting, rewarding player perks, fantasy bets over under, you can bet on how many fantasy points a player will play, uh, will score in a game. I mean, it's very simple, right? But it's fun, and it gives you a little extra juice. If you just use the promo code Locked On or enter Locked On, I should say, enter Locked On, you join my bookie, and they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar. If you use the promo code Enter 
Locked on. Enter locked on at my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. Don't forget to use the promo code Enter locked on and tell them Chris Russell, locked on Redskins sent you. So, Chris, you mentioned it. I think, you know, when you look at this matchup, you see because of the Falcons' weapons at the wide receiver, at the tight end position, uh, you see some exploitable matchups. But the key for them to exploit those matchups is whether or not they can keep Matt Ryan upright long enough. And that has been a real struggle for the Falcons this year. I think, you know, I don't know exactly where they are, but for a while there, they were giving up um, the second most hits uh, on the quarterback this season besides the Houston Texans. I think they've sort of dipped down a little bit, but I think they're still in the top five. Uh, last time I saw the numbers and that's been a problem. And going up against this Redskins front, um, I think basically they have six really good pass rushers. Um, with uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Pay, the rookie, Jonathan Allen, Preston Smith, and, and Pernell McPhee sort of as the, the forgotten man who once upon a time was a double-digit sack artist. And the problem has been the Falcons have dealt with some injuries on their offensive line. They're starting Ben Garland at right guard because they lost Brandon Fusco uh, to an injury last week. They lost Andy Levitri early at left guard to an injury. And, and Wes Schweitzer, who started for them last season at right guard, uh, is now there. Ryan Schrader, uh, who has been a one of the better right tackles in the league for a long time in Atlanta, has really struggled this year in terms of pass protection. He struggled when he was playing against Ryan Kerrigan a couple of years ago when he was at the top of his game. And now that he's at the bottom of this game, that's not necessarily a matchup that I think the Falcons are looking forward to. Maybe they can use their running backs and tight ends to chip a little bit to slow down Kerrigan off the edge, but that's going to leave some opportunities for a guy like Ioannidis on the interior going up against Garland uh, at that right guard position. And I think Ioannidis is leading the team with what six sacks or something like that. So if yeah, five and a half, right? So it's one of those things like if if the Falcons, you know, if the Redskins are able to be able to pin their ears back, I have really no confidence right now with how the offensive Falcons offensive line has played this season uh, that they can withstand uh, the Redskins pass rush. So I think what the Falcons are going to have to hope to do is, you know, stay on schedule on offense, run the football um, and maybe just sort of uh, slow down this Redskins pass rush as much as they can uh, any way that they can so that if they can. Uh, find the time to uh, get the ball into the hands of their weapons on the outside. I think they will find some success, but that is going to be a big question for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Aaron, because, you know, earlier in the year, Greg Minuska, the Redskins defensive coordinator, was having a blitz a lot more than it seems like he has of late. He's done it at times. Certainly every defensive coordinator is going to do it. But because they've stopped the run so well, they've been in more third and long type situations haven't necessarily had the blitz and I don't expect a lot of blitzing from Greg Minuski in this matchup because he knows if he blitzes and if he sends picks um, or you know a zero blitz something like that you know you're then exposing that secondary that we just talked about those corners against some really high-skilled weapons and of course Matt Ryan who's capable of getting it to them so I don't expect necessarily blitzing from the Redskins I certainly don't expect seven sacks and to be able to get home like they did against the Giants I don't think the Atlanta offensive line is uh, I could be wrong on this is as bad maybe as the Giants Um, so you know there's no doubt that 
this game will come down to if the Redskins can do what they have been able to do the last three weeks, which is completely stuff the run. And and you guys already are without Devontae Freeman and have Tevin Coleman uh, and have the young kid uh, that can kind of work in. If they can stop the run, pin their ears back, and force Atlanta into third and longs. Now, you know, the problem with that is the Redskins have given up some third and conversions this year, including one big one to Odell Beckham, and the Atlanta Falcons, as you guys know, um, and and Aaron, as you well know, uh, they're 50% on third down, so it's going to be a really interesting chess match to see what Greg Minuski and the Redskins defense do or does in those third and eight, say, pluses against such a good third down offense with loaded weapons. Do you blitz? Do you send extra guys? Or do you play it straight up and try and play coverage, especially, again, with the addition of Clinton Dick? Yeah, you mentioned it. the Falcons third down uh, offense has been very successful, very efficient this year. I think a lot of that is owed to Calvin Ridley. I was looking up the numbers um, earlier today um, and, you know, he's converted over 80 percent of his third down targets from Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's passer rating is 145 when targeting Calvin Ridley uh, on third downs. So that's been a big part. Another big part of the Falcons success has been the fact that Matt Ryan has been able to use his legs successfully on third downs to sort of move the chains. Uh, He's been a much bigger factor there than people would think. He's tied for fourth in the NFL among quarterbacks uh, with the most third down uh, conversion scrambling with only Blake Bortles, Cam Newton, and Mitch Trubisky ahead of him. So that's been a big element to why the Falcons have found a lot of success is because you, um, you, you get so focused on covering those, um, you know, weapons and, and dropping seven into coverage to sort of jam things up and you bring four and then someone, you know, slips a lane and Matt Ryan slips through and scrambles for seven yards and get and converts and keeps the chains rolling. Um, so I think that's going to be a big part of it. And so I think the key for the Redskins is going to have to be winning up front and controlling that line of scrimmage. And if they can do that, right. they certainly have the front four that is capable of doing that. And if they live up to that potential, then they can have a lot of success slowing down um, this Falcons offense. We saw last week against, or two weeks ago against the Giants on Monday Night Football, the Falcons got off to a bit of a sluggish start, and a lot of that was owed to you know the offensive line not necessarily coming out of the gates, uh, playing a strong uh, performance. The good positive thing, if you're a Falcon fan watching that game, was um, you know unfortunately for Brandon Fusco who got injured in the second quarter, but it did seem like when Ben Garland came into the lineup. In that second half, the offensive line play started to to pick up a little bit, and they were a little bit more consistent running the football and, and keeping Matt Ryan upright. So that is a positive, potentially, but uh, Garland is not necessarily known for being um, a high-level player from his starts last season, replacing Levitri at the end of the year. So it's wondering if those that second-half performance is that can be what the Falcons can expect as a norm uh, moving forward with Garland at that right guard spot, or is that just sort of, you know, two good quarters out of in a sea of sort of mediocrity? So that's going to be a big issue for the Falcons uh, going up against this Redskins defense. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just, you know, kind of add, I mean, you mentioned Matt Ioannidis. He's had a great year. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are both capable of shutting down the run and getting after the passer. One thing that I, I think, you know, and then of course you mentioned Kerrigan, uh, and he's really come on of late. He didn't have a sack for the first three and a half games, and he had uh, two against the Dallas Cowboys, including a fumble that led to a turnover uh, and a touchdown, I should mention, uh, and then put plenty of pressure uh, and had a sack last week. Um, 
I would say this, Preston Smith is kind of, to me, like one of my X factors in this game because he's got the speed and the athleticism off that usually right edge to turn the corner and to get home and, you know, go blindside, maybe force a fumble or, uh, you know, something. Like that if he can really kind of bust out and he's usually a feast or famine type guy that might be kind of that ultimate factor that swings this game one way or the other usually Preston is a big um, you know like big bust out you don't hear much from him for a couple of games he's again feast or famine is probably the best way I can and I have a sneaking suspicion with the way he's done uh, rushing the quarterback the last couple of weeks, even though he hasn't had a lot of big, big numbers to show for it, that he might be ready to bust out. Well, I think, you know, you can say it's preseason, but I do recall last summer, I think it was, when the Falcons played the Redskins in the preseason, uh, you know, for the quarter, quarter and a half, or however long he was in the lineup, going up against Jake Matthews, the Falcons' left tackle, he did do play really well uh, and, and seemed to be a, an issue. The One of the issues that Jake Matthews has tends to be guys that not only have speed, but also can convert speed to power. Uh, and, yep. and so when they basically, like, Matthews has quick feet and is able to mostly handle speed, but then when guys can sort of use, turn that into power, then that's an issue that he can tend to struggle with. And I think that's something that both Smith and yep. uh, Kerrigan can potentially do against him. So that is, I, I, I agree with you that that is something that, um, if they can get him going, because Matthews has been far and away the Falcons' best offensive lineman, and if he's a guy that the Redskins can exploit, um, then that's just, you know, that's basically five for five uh, <laughs> for the uh, beating Falcons' offensive lineman uh, in this game. So that's going to be something that could be very advantageous for the Redskins slowing down this offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um you know, I mean, uh, you know, and, and one other just quick, quick thing, I don't want to keep belaboring this issue is, you know, the, the Redskins, again, know that they have to, even though you don't want to put Atlanta in advantageous third down situations, they know that they have to be better on third and longs. They've struggled in this area a couple of times uh, this year. So just because you know, you shut down the run, say, or just because you get a sack on first or second down and put Matt Ryan and Atlanta in a third and 12 type situation, you know, I would expect them to play tighter coverage than maybe they did against Odell Beckham and the Giants. I would expect them to maybe blitz a little bit more or send a creative look, maybe Swearinger down on a blitz. Again, now that they have Clinton Dix to kind of help over the top and somebody they trust a little bit more than the youngster Monte Nicholson just to kind of give a different look to Matt Ryan. What you can't do is have Matt Ryan just sit on his spot, rush four or rush three and drop eight and have these wide open gaps in zone or, again, give him time to just sit on his spot and go to a second or third progression and have somebody beat you down the field on a third and, say, 12, third and 13, you know, somewhere in that range. So I think it's going to be a big factor in this game. Yeah. So we will definitely at least touch upon the Redskins offense against the Falcons defense, although it was the less intriguing matchup in this game in a moment. But I do want to remind people that you can check out two fantasy football shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. The first one is Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, where you can get your injury updates and news from around the league to help you win each Sunday, as well as Locked On Fantasy Football uh, Podcast with host Vinny Iyer, which is Locked On Fantasy Experts, bringing you a different expert every day to help you guys win your league this year. You can find both of those shows wherever you get your Locked On Podcast Network, your fantasy team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Chris, let's talk about sort of the less intriguing matchup between these two teams with the Falcons' defense going up against the Redskins' offense. Obviously, the Redskins' offense is is really one – um, that is helmed by Adrian Peterson. They're getting Chris Thompson back healthier uh, after missing a couple of games. Uh, so they have a, a nice one-two punch, a good running back and in, in, uh, in, a good runner in Peterson, and a good receiver in Thompson. Uh, that you know, Jordan Reed, uh, you know, is probably their most potent weapon. The positive for the Falcons is tight ends really haven't been a major issue for them this season on defense. That's probably the only positive thing that you can say about this Falcons defense so far this season. But yeah. I think um, we'll have to see. They haven't really been tested by too many elite tight ends. Uh, besides maybe Zach Ertz, with the, who they did a pretty good job against in week one uh, this season. So we'll see if they can handle Jordan Reed. But I think, you know, for the Falcons, their best defense is going to be a good offense because I don't necessarily know if this Falcons defense is really prepared to deal with a guy like Adrian Peterson, um, particularly going up against a very formidable Redskins offensive line. We'll have to see if Trent Williams is healthy to play. I know he dealt with a thumb injury last week and sort of uh, exited the game late in that game, but there's been some questions about maybe he'll be able to play with a cast or, or, or whatnot right. this weekend. So if losing him, I think would be a significant blow for the Redskins, even though I do think uh, Ty Inseki is, is one of the better swing tackles in the league. But Yeah, so there's a couple of things to unpack here about Williams. Like you said, they're going to try a, a soft cast that allows him to not only be able to protect it, but also to be able to you know grab a little bit, which you, you don't want to grab too much as an offensive lineman, but you need to have some of that ability for infighting and engagement and so on and so forth. So we'll have to see as the practice week goes along. My guess is, this is just my guess, knowing Trent Williams uh, since he walked in the door at Redskins Park and as tough as he is, he's going to play in this game. That's just just a guess. I don't know that for sure. I don't know if anybody knows that for sure. You mentioned Jordan Reed, Aaron. Um, I think Jordan Reed started off this year after missing much of last year with various toe and ankle issues uh, and all sorts of injuries. I think he started off kind of sluggishly uh, in a lot of ways. He didn't play at all in the preseason. Um, and, and they didn't target him as much early on in the year. Uh, and actually, um, you know, that was kind of a source of, of consternation around here. I think the last three games I've seen Jordan Reed really come back to the athletic dynamo that I'm used to seeing, uh, again, his entire career. He made a spectacular behind him one-handed outstretched catch um, on a on a throw that was a terrible throw from Alex Smith, Smith which is another theme to this Redskins offense that that has been a major problem. Uh, And then the last two weeks, I've seen him with that sick crossover move that Jordan Reed, think about it from a basketball context, for everybody that watches basketball, right? Uh, It's just leaving a guy basically stand in his wake and I mean, Jordan just gives you that crossover and he's gone and not that he's going to beat you 30 yards down the field but he's going to 
get open in a big spot, usually on third down, and he's going to convert uh, just by his route because he's so good at creating that separation off that initial jab step crossover, uh, as I guess I would call it. And then real quickly, Adrian Peterson, so, like I look at this Falcon run defense, you know, and, and clearly, again, the injuries are a major problem. 112.7 per game, more important number to me, 4.81 yards per rushing, yard, uh, rushing yards per play allowed. I mean, that's, that's enormous to a guy who, yes, is 33, but everybody saw what he was capable of against the New York and he's been a consistent force. One thing that I really like about how the Redskins have used Adrian Peterson is they've used him both with Alex Smith under center, which was how Adrian came here, used to that style, uh, really with a fullback. They don't use a fullback here. They use a lot of three tight end sets. So he doesn't have the fullback, but they use a lot of three tight end sets. But they've used uh, Alex Smith under center. They've used Alex Smith and gun and pistol a lot with Adrian Peterson working off RPOs uh, and that cross face run where he sweeps to one side or the other. The Redskins have been really good at the variety of runs that they've been able to feature Adrian Peterson. And I'll tell you, Aaron, he's still really hard to tackle. He slips off guys. He breaks tackles. So that is going to be a major challenge uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. I would say, you know, Reed, certainly, again, he was targeted. 12 times and Adrian Peterson no doubt you mentioned Chris Thompson he's banged up he hasn't been the same player he missed a couple of games he re-injured uh, his ribs but on the other side so now he's t- dealing with tender ribs on one side that cost him two games and then he came back and he just didn't look right and then he got absolutely popped on the other side so I don't even know if Chris Thompson is going to play and his main backup Capri Bibbs is dealing with a separated shoulder so that's an area that I'll be really interested to see how the Redskins adjust if both of those guys are not there. That's interesting because uh, that one-two combination of Peterson and Thompson was something that I was really worried about going this week because the Falcons have given up a ton of uh, plays to receiving running backs this year. They did a really good job, a surprisingly good job against Saquon Barkley uh, prior to their buy in that Monday night game against the Giants. Um, but that's really been the only example of that, you know, other running backs like James Conner and Alvin Kamar have had a lot of success against them. So if Thompson's not going to play, I don't think you necessarily have to fear that same sort of receiving ability from Peterson quite to the same degree. So that is a positive for the Falcons. I think the key to the Falcons defense being able to slow down this Redskins offense, even though it's not necessarily what you would call a juggernaut of an offense, is going to be winning up front for the Falcons. And I think if if Williams does not play or if he's limited in, in some way uh, and in, uh, is not sort of the Pro Bowl elite left tackle that Trent Williams has been known to be over the bulk of his career, that is maybe a, a matchup that the Falcons with their pass rushers like Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley might be able to exploit a little bit more than they would if, if Williams was 100%. You also have some issues on the interior with Chase Roulier and uh, Sean Loival, um, who haven't necessarily played quite to the level that I think Redskins fans probably hope. Um, and that's maybe where the Falcons' strength of their defensive line has been coming on as of late with Grady Jarrett coming back from injury and had a really good game against the Giants. Jack Crawford, um, has been really arguably their most consistent pass rusher over the last month of the season. Um, and you, you'll probably see a, a nice inside spin move that he likes to throw at guards uh, mm. when they get the opportunity. And it's been very successful over the last month. So I think the Falcons are really going to have to take advantage of whatever matchups they can on that offensive line, because I do think, you know, you do 
when this Redskins offense is clicking and when they're able to feed uh, Peterson, um, that can be a problem because, you know, I think the bottom line is the Redskins want to keep this game low scoring so that they can keep Peterson involved in the offense and run the offense through him. And there's, you know, I think they were averaging like 150 plus yards rushing in their five wins this season and like 40 or 50 yards in their two losses. So it's something where if you you guys can shut down the run, the Redskins offense almost has no chance. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think the, the reality is the Falcons best way of shutting down the run is not necessarily playing great defense because uh, that's been something that they have been hold altogether unknown uh, in this 2018 season. But uh, it's going to be really getting out to a fast start early in this game um, and, and sort of scoring enough points early that for, force the Redskins to play a little bit of catch-up um, and, you know, get them down 10 nothing, get them down 14 nothing, and all of a sudden make Matt, Alex Smith and, uh, you know, the Redskins receivers have to beat you, which I think is the the best – uh, way for the Falcons to sort of control this game from start to finish, but we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, that's not a good recipe for the Redskins. If they can't run and their defense is leaking oil because of a high-powered Atlanta offense, um, you know, that's a really bad recipe. I can tell you this flat, the Redskins almost have no chance at that point. I, I can't say, I can't rule out everything, uh, but the bottom line is, is they have to be able to run the football control roll the clock. I think that's important, obviously, this week for some of the reasons that we talked about. Oh, and also, by the way, to keep Atlanta's offense off the field. These are going to where this game is almost surely decided. Yeah, it's going to be the, basically two different styles, two different teams trying to keep a different tempo in this game. You know, the Falcons are sort of using that basketball analogy. They're the fast break team. They want to run up and down the court uh, with this Redskins team because that plays to the Falcons' strength. The Redskins want to slow it down, make it more of a half-court game, um, you know, get some post-up moves from their big power forward, which in this analogy is, I guess, Adrian Peterson or something like that in their defensive line. Um, so I think, you know, whichever team can dictate the pace of this game, I think will be the team that ultimately uh, proves successful. Yeah, and and just I'll I'll throw on one little uh, last thing here from from my perspective. Um, you know, the Redskins special teams have been pretty good the last three weeks, which hasn't always been the case around here. Uh, they did have one bad shank of a field goal uh, last week. This is a different playing surface. They resodded it while the Redskins were away uh, the last two weeks, so that's going to be interesting. It should be in good shape, but you just never know. Uh, around here. Uh, this is not traditionally a good place to play for kickers, uh, and, and special teamers generally don't like it, FedEx Field, uh, but the Redskins have been much better on special teams uh, the last three weeks, and that has contributed to their three-game winning streak. And that'll be interesting to see if that comes into play, because the Falcons, you know, the one player, you know, that isn't on IR that the Falcons are ex- potentially expected to miss this week is kicker Matt Bryant. Last, uh, when they've played the mm-hmm. Giants, in week seven, Giorgio Tavecchio made a series of big kicks, but that was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll have to sort of see right. how he handles, you know, as you mentioned, sort of adverse conditions in FedEx Field. And if all of a sudden the Falcons can't reliably um, kick field goals and whatnot, um, you know, that could be a, an issue that decides the outcome of this game. So, uh, Chris, um, I think it's time for us to maybe do some final predictions for this upcoming sure. week. Uh, I'll go yeah, first. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, let's let's hear it because I'm interested in hearing your spin on this. Can the Falcons get the job done on the road? Yeah, man. Like I, the, the honest truth is, like if for for locked on Falcons listeners, if I sound like I'm high on the Redskins and down on the Falcons this week, I kind of am. Like I, I just feel like the Falcons really haven't shown enough uh, this season on the road and against teams that are built the way that the Redskins are built, which is a team that wants to get physical. And I think given the injuries that the Falcons have had on the offensive line, given their question marks on the offensive line, that is something that a team particularly at home will be have the potential to exploit. So I feel like this is going to be the type of game that the Redskins can win. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Redskins winning this game 23-20. to 20. Interesting. So a little bit lower scoring than I think most people uh, are going to have. By the way, the early forecast for Sunday at FedEx Field uh, is high 50s, sunny, and not that much wind and no precipitation. So that'll be interesting. And because of that, Aaron, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I know that's against you know, probably what my listeners want me to hear, but maybe it's good for them because I picked against the Redskins in two out of the last three weeks uh, against the Cowboys and the Panthers to lose close ones. Uh, I did pick the Giants. So uh, again, you know, uh, for whatever all that's worth, but um, you know, maybe my reverse karma will work for the Redskins in their favor again this week. Um, I I just don't know, quite honestly, even with Clinton Dix added to the mix, if the Redskins are going to have a offense to keep up with the Atlanta Falcons somewhere along the line a coverage bust of some sort uh you know maybe it's Julio Jones getting a big touchdown which I know is a sight for sore eyes for Atlanta Falcons fans somewhere somehow I just expect something to happen Uh, maybe it's the negative part of me I think the Falcons win I'm gonna say 27 to 21 so uh Chris let the people know uh or at least let the locked on Falcons listeners know uh, where they can find your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, so at WrestleMania621 on Twitter, so a takeoff of WrestleMania, at WrestleMania621 on Twitter. Uh, and uh, if they're coming up for the game in the Washington, D.C. area or uh, really anywhere, uh, radio.com is a great app that you can hear me on. I'm on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Uh, and I'll be doing uh, the pregame that day and shows throughout the week. Uh, so we have a good old time, and we'll be talking a lot about this matchup. Uh, and, um, and of course, daily on the Locked on Redskins podcast, Aaron. All right. And for Locked on Redskins uh, listeners, if you want to uh, check me out and get more uh, insight into the Falcons and this matchup this week, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at Falcfans. And, of course, coming at you daily with the Locked on Falcons podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, should be a good game on Sunday afternoon. And uh, note the Atlanta Falcons. I think I heard a stat that the Atlanta Falcons haven't won here. Uh, I have to double check that, but I thought I heard that statistic. So it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, if they can get the job done. Actually, they did win a couple of. I, I think I, they I beat them I in that. 2012. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was RG- going to say. Well, you know what? They 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 beat Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I think uh, I think back they, in, in 2015. So I, I don't know where I heard that stat. But either way, the bottom line is is I, I everybody remembers what happened the last time these two teams got together in the regular season's cousin throwing a uh, overtime interception down in Atlanta. So that was uh, that was the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to. I feel like that 2012 game they knocked RG three out of the game and and Cousins almost You're came right. back in. You're right. And, and, That's right. 
and led them to a win, come from behind win. But uh, yep, he might have thrown an interception in that game too. I can't recall. How I think he threw. Ended. I think he threw two of them absolutely, and that was uh, in his rookie year. But you're right. Uh, I remember that well now. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, Falcon fans want a repeat of that, and uh, Redskins fans don't. So we'll we'll see which which <laughs> they get this Sunday. So. Sounds good, my man. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 